0: There are two position players that the Reds could acquire that would make an impact on the 2024 team in a big way that we haven't talked about yet. We'll get into who those two players are and some pretty bad takes that we've had about our Redlegs over the years. That's all coming up on today's Locked on Reds.
1: You are locked on Reds. Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: You are Locked On Reds. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we are free and available on all podcasting platforms. I'm your host, Stephen Offenbaker, alongside Jeff Carr, and we have a passion for baseball. We have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds. Jeff and I have been doing podcasting about the Cincinnati Reds team for a combined eight plus seasons. We've taken our passion for this game and for this team, and we have turned it into information for you. On today's podcast, Jeff and I are going to look at a couple impact prospects that the Reds could go out and get right now at this trade deadline that will begin to build towards a winner in 2024. Uh, We're also going to take a quick look at this weekend's upcoming matchups with the Cardinals and their Devil Magic coming out of the All-Star break. We're also going to take a look back at some of our... I don't know, maybe less than stellar hot takes that we've had over the past couple of years. So that is going to be a fun stroll down memory lane. Let me tell you. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online. It's where the game starts, and where we're going to start is taking a look at a couple guys, Jeff, that the Reds could go out right now and acquire at this trade deadline that would begin to set the momentum, set the expectations, put things moving towards a winner in 2024. First off,
0: we're together again. Hello. It's nice to be back. I mean, we have been solo. You took over an episode earlier this week. I had a couple solo myself. It's nice to get to talk to you again, man. Right? But yeah, Good to see you. It's good to see you too. There's a couple of really good dudes. And I think that there's this misperception first off going around and we're going to jump into two really big players, prospects, guys who are ready to come up either this year or next year that I think the Reds should go after. But there's this misperception that's going around that being a seller just basically means you're going to hand off your players. Now, part of that is the Reds front office and how they kind of handled that this off season, but also... I think that there's this misnomer that a seller just means, here you go. You, you have Luis Castillo, you have Tyler Malley, just take Brandon Drury. We don't want him anymore, but this is an enviable position. This is why I'm kind of okay with the fact that the Reds have just tanked as bad as they've tanked and they've not, they're not in a position where they can kid themselves as to how good they're going to be. They got to go and they got to sell right now and they can get some dudes. Oh, absolutely.
2: You know, and, and a couple of names you just dropped. Um, it's very different situations. And, and we have to keep that in mind. Luis Castillo, uh, trade chip nom- numero uno. That's the guy. But listen, if this league decides to to get a little froggy and and lowball the Reds for Luis Castillo at the break, they absolutely do not have to move him. He has extended period of team control. They can wait till the offseason. There's there's room to be like, well, you know what, guys, if you're not going to play ball, we're taking our shiny toy. We're going home. That's fine. Uh, Brian and Drury is a little bit different. Uh, he's on a one-year deal. Uh, they gotta move him. So Drury will be, you know, the best offer takes him, I think. Um, and, and you take whatever you can get for him, but Luis Castillo, Tyler Malley, those guys that still have team control, we're not in any hurry. You don't get to call us up and be like, uh, yeah, uh, we're going to send you Clint Frazier. We just picked him up off of waivers. <laughs> you know, you don't get to be like that. Miguel You're going to, Bar, yeah. you know, yeah. As <laughs> you said, any trade for Luis Castillo should hurt the team yeah. getting him. And that is the measure for me.
0: And that's where we get these two guys, these two guys that I've kind of been looking at, because I read something the other day about the Padres having interest in Luis Castillo and Robert Hassel's name coming up. Robert Hassel third is a very interesting prospect. In fact, he's an outfield dude who right now in the Padres minor league system is in center field. He's a 20-year-old dude. He's projected to be up next year, Steve. That's the kind of dude that we're talking about. And he's a top 25 guy, by the way. That's huge.
2: You know, a couple big things with him, Jeff, just the fact that he plays that outfield position. If if there's a spot in this red system right now that kind of leaves you scratching your head a little bit about whether or not they're actually going to be able to man it in a couple years, it's the outfield position. So the fact that he's an outfielder, you know, box number one checked. The second thing that I really like about him is, even though he's a lefty hitter, even though he hits from that left side of the plate, he's not one of those guys that they're just going to, you know, well, now overshift on, but the shift is probably going away. But you can't really you can't defend him in such a way that he can't hit the ball, and he's got that old-fashioned lefty swing, you know, I, I, you know, coming from the Padres, let's compare him to Tony Gwynn. I mean, he's not Tony Gwynn, <laughs> but he can hit the ball the other way. That's where I'm going with this. He can yeah. he can hit the ball the other way. And and that is key in in getting a lefty outfielder that you might not necessarily have to platoon all the time.
0: Yeah, the scouts say that this dude has a very advanced approach to hitting. He's not necessarily a power guy. He can really add a lot of power as he develops, but he has great understanding of the strike zone, and he can put the ball where he wants to. He doesn't have to pull it. We're not going to see that crazy Joey Gallo shift that the Reds employed against the Yankees, and I'm sure every other team employs against Joey Gallo. For whoever team, if if he's going to be a Yankee or he's going to play for somebody else, that's going to be interesting to think. And and the, the thing with him is something that they said, you know, right now he's playing in center field. They're not necessarily sure if he can stick in center field, but if he does move to the corners, he's got the arm and he's got the range where that's not going to be a problem. It's not going to be that, okay, he moves to... Left field or right field because he can't field. It, it's more it's more of a size thing and maybe not necessarily so much the speed that he could have to be a center fielder. But he would still have plenty of speed to play one of the corner outfield spots. And I think that that is important to note when you're talking about a guy because it seems like we always talk about well he's not a center fielder but he could play center field. This guy kind of is a center fielder but probably better suited for the corners.
2: Well, you know the thing about center fielders. Uh, most center fielders if they're decent at that position uh, they're very good at reading the the ball off the bat and then you move them to a corner and they're they're going to be really good at getting that first step and reacting and you know what the scouts have said about his defense I think falls right into line with that he's going to be able to get a jump and and cover a lot of ground no
0: matter which corner you put him in makes me think of uh, (laughs) Bruce. although I don't know that you can really do hassle no 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 it doesn't work (laughs) Can't do that with him. There's another guy that I looked at, and, and I saw this. Um, there was an, It was a name that popped up in a great article in The Athletic where C. Trent was able to kind of solicit some trade offers from other writers and things like that. A guy who was in a possible Boston Red Sox offer, and that's Tristan Cassis. Tristan Cassis is currently 22 years old, and he plays an interesting position. And I, I'd like to get your take on this because we talked about Tyler Stevenson possibly moving to first base. Tristan Cassis could be a guy that they get in a trade, and he is a first baseman because of size, not necessarily because he can't defend anywhere, but because of his size, and he would be a, I think, a phenomenal trade piece if they got him back from Boston.
2: Now, listen, I get bashed over the head every single time I talk about moving Tyler Stevenson from behind the plate. Oh, I agree. And it's yeah. and it's not because I think he's a bad catcher. Um, and it's not because I think he's going to be the world's best defensive first baseman. You know, I worry about Tyler Stevenson's health. Now, if you go out and get a first baseman that is a true first base defender, you know, with the with the adding of the designated hitter to the National League, you can rotate three guys through those two fielding positions, plus the designated hitter and everybody still gets there at bats. You protect their health. You eliminate the wear and tear on their legs. You know, you do a lot of things with your catchers and you've got a first baseman in the mix. That's a true first baseman that can play there defensively. And it, it kind of all works. So, you know, that being said, if Tyler Stevenson eliminates these weird injuries, then I'm all for leaving him behind the plate. I'm just worried about him getting another bump on the head. And if this new fancy mask that they brought in helps eliminate some of that and, and we no longer have that concussion concern, then by all means, leave him behind the plate, bring in a bopper at first base and let's build out that lineup. I'm all for it.
0: One of the weird things that I thought whenever I was watching the All Star game, Jose Trevino had this awesome hockey mask that he wore behind the plate, that on it, it was like the New York skyline. It had, like, you know, the Statue of Liberty in the middle and things like that. I'm like, give me a Cincinnati skyline. Give that to Tyler Stevenson. That would look phenomenal. But yeah, I, I, I want to see what they can do for his health. I'm with you. I think that that should be their main concern. But if they can get a guy like this, Tristan Cassis, they say has 35 to 40 Homer potential. I mean, this is phenomenal stuff we're talking about and he's got a really advanced hitting again, a guy of a guy, he is even higher ranked in the top 100 than Robert Hassel is. I think he's at like, if I remember at like 18 or 19, So a top 20 guy, this is the type of dude that we really want to see come back for Luis Castillo and the Red Sox are in dire need of pitching. They just lost Chris sale for what feels like the 50th time in the last three years. So they're looking for something to make sure that they're not just going to slide on in as a wildcard team and get kicked out of the playoffs super quick. Luis Castillo would help them out. Tristan Cassis would be the kind of guy that the Reds go for in a trade for Luis Castillo. And you know the Red Sox probably will be
2: a little bit hesitant in giving up a guy like that, but yeah. you know there's there's a couple great motivators. Uh, number one, as you just mentioned, they need pitching and they need it now and they need it in a bad way. Uh, the second great motivator is if Boston goes out and gets Luis Castillo, it means they prevented the Yankees from going out and getting Luis <laughs> Castillo. And we all, and listen, you know, I mean, and it's 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 a funny statement, and you know, it's maybe some of it's just slightly a little tongue in cheek or whatever, but really, no. The, these two clubs have in the past done this to each other. They will go target a guy just to keep the other team from getting him. So in this scenario, you know, if we create a bidding war between the Red Sox and the Yankees and may the best prospects win, let's go. I love it. That's exactly what Nick Kroll should be doing. He should be on the phone to Brian Cashman. Hey, Red Sox offered me this. Can you beat it? You know, I mean, totally right. play those guys against each other uh, for the, the benefit of the Reds franchise for years to come.
0: It's the best rivalry on Sunday Night Baseball, or so they tell me. <laughs> <Yeah>. Brought to <laughs> you,
2: brought to you by Apple slash Peacock slash ESPN
0: any national television service that wants to show baseball. They're like, is Red Sox and Yankees on? We'll show that. Anyway, uh, no, that that's definitely got to be a strategy. If you're any team, let alone just Nick Kroll, but that's definitely something that he should be doing with Luis Castillo. But one thing is for certain, whether you're talking about Robert Hassel Third or Tristan Cassis, these are just a few examples of how the Reds can kind of turn the whole seller tag into almost buyer tag should we should we uh, be that positive? I'll tell you what, though. Um, one thing is certain when it comes to pitching matchups this weekend because we're back, baby. Baseball's back coming up tonight, and the Reds have their pitching matchups laid out for this series against the Cardinals. There's one big thing that we are going to get into coming up next but first if you want to check out the next big thing when you're looking for your card collection go to sports card investor the sports card investor app will help you complete your baseball card collection they have a completely free app whether you're talking about the app store or the google play store that you can download today you can easily browse over 630,000 cards from every sport not just baseball with hundreds added each week. Check the latest values of your favorite cards. They've got seven-day and 30-day charts that kind of help you find what's got a good value, who's on the up and up. Right now, if you look up Julio Rodriguez, he's just, I mean, they're sky high. If you have a Julio Rodriguez card, I think you should probably look at selling it. And by the way, if you have a 2000, I I saw this today too. If you have a 2019 Topps Update Nixon Zell Rookie Card, they're selling for about 20 bucks right now. Yeah. His value's on the rise a little bit there. Plus, they've got nostalgia galore. Go back in time and see how much your favorite old baseball cards are worth today. Download the Sports Card Investor app, which is available for free in the Google Play and App Store. Go to sportscardinvestor.com slash locked on to find it today. And as your small business grows, LinkedIn jobs is here to make things easier to find people that you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile today and spread the word that you're hiring so that your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. While uh, it's why small business rates LinkedIn jobs, number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week, Nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash L O C K E D O N MLB to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Thanks for making locked on reds. Your first listen today, well, uh, which NFL stars move the betting line the most locked on has you covered all week. Locked On has been giving you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at Bet Online. They're into the top 10 right now. So find Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube to check out the most valuable football players today. And also, thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen as well. This weekend, the Reds are facing the Cardinals, which means we'll be all over it on Monday, working on seeing if we can get our Locked On Cardinals guys on here. Maybe we'll be able to talk some trash. Probably not, though. I don't know. It's really hard to tell. The the pitching matchups when it comes to this weekend are set, Steve. and, and, And there's something that I think is key, and it's probably a little bit obvious, but I think that it's worth saying. We need six innings out of our starters in these games. So it's just no two ways about it.
2: Well, clearly, I mean, we saw what happened uh, when we got a two inning start out of Nicodolo. Uh, yeah. While the bullpen wasn't horrid, it pretty much wipes them out. You know, it's a good thing that the all-star break was coming when that happened because if it had been one of those stretches where this team had seven, eight, nine, ten games in a row without a day off, coming off of a, a horrendous start like that, you know, it all just starts to domino. And then the next thing you know, you know, Jeff Carr's pitching for this team because there's no other arms available. Uh, one thing with, with these starters, I, I want to really start moving away from the, the innings pitched metric but it's hard to do because you know we talk all the time about these rookies being on innings limitations innings limitations when really what it is is they're on pitch limitations uh you know back in the day tom browning would throw a complete game and he'd hover right around 100 pitches these starters are still throwing 100 pitches just with the selectiveness of hitters these days with the you know ability of the hitters to battle and run counts full and 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 all of the things that are different about the game now 100 pitches doesn't get you as far as it used to so i would love to, to, to change that nomenclature just a little bit but it's not going to happen today uh, what i do want to see out of these starters is uh, you know working accounts effectively uh, get a lot of outs a lot of strikeouts is fine but a lot of full counts is bad they need to they need to go at the hitters and you know let's face it uh, this team's not going to the playoffs, so they don't have to nibble a lot. They don't have to, to be worried about, you know, the consequences of giving up a long ball if they make a bad pitch. I really want to see the second half of this season be a developmental opportunity for all three of these rookie pitchers to really learn how to go at guys and, and figure out what of their stuff is most effective when as far as getting guys to chase and make bad swings.
0: I couldn't agree more. And kind of like you said, like thinking about the difference in Tom Browning's 100 pitches to Graham Ashcraft's 100 pitches, it's almost like going to Costco and you just got in bulk. Like it feels like that was the biggest problem with him in New York is he didn't pitch that bad, but he was getting to full counts with almost everybody at the plate. Now, part of that is the Yankees hitters are just super, super selective about their pitches, which, you know, that they should be. That's why they're one of the best teams in baseball right now. But when it comes to a pitcher like Graham Ashcraft, how do you combat that? You can't just, you know, acquiesce to that because you're going to end up throwing less innings than you should. And how are they going to do that against the Cardinals? Because this lineup for St. Louis is pretty good. I tell you what, let's, let's look at the three starters this weekend, Steve, and we're going to try something new. And, and if I you know remember to actually put this in the rundown on a regular basis, this will be a regular thing. Two truths and a lie when we're looking at the three probable starters. So we got Graham Ashcraft, Mike Miner, and Tyler Malley this weekend. Two truths and a lie. Here we go. First stat, Mike Miner's ground ball rate is 30%. Second stat, right-handers are hitting against Graham Ashcraft. They're hitting 349, and they have an OPS of 907 against Graham Ashcraft who is a right-handed pitcher by the way and then third home and road mally from last year switched and he is now bad on the road oh okay mike Miner's ground
2: ball rate is only 30 percent i believe that is one of the truths because you cannot ground ball a home run over the fence and we have seen a <laughs> lot of mike Miner's pitches go over the dog fence so yes, i'm gonna take have. that one as a truth it's only 30 percent uh the second one's a little bit harder is graham ashcraft really getting touched up at a 349 clip reverse splits set? at
0: that that's like yeah <sighs> road mally
2: all right i am gonna say that the lie is that right handers are hitting three forty nine. I'm gonna take truth on road Mali, home Mali, swapping.
0: Well, we're definitely gonna keep doing this because actually you're wrong. Sadly, Graham Ashcraft has a crazy reverse. Are split. they
2: really are they He's, really yeah. hitting three forty nine against him?
0: Right-handers, a.k.a. Paul Goldschmidt, are absolutely killing. Now, it's he's only pitched against Paul Goldschmidt, I think, one or two times because he's only faced the Cardinals once. But a guy like Paul Goldschmidt is going to be licking his chops on Friday night because he's got reverse splits. In fact, his splits against left-handed hitters, I think they're hitting only like 210 against him, which is crazy. Oh. To me, I think it's the cutter. He's a, He can throw it up and into them. It's something about maybe the way right handers see that cut fastball, the way compared to lefties. But
2: yeah, that has for to some be reason, David Bell, the twitches when he looks at his iPad. That's got to be like <laughs> his analytics are. It's, it's a. Oh my God.
0: Right. 349.
2: 349.
0: Wow. It, it is a perfect situation where analytics help and analytics hurt all at the same time because. They should be saying that righty against righty would work, but no home and road. Malley is a thing. Once again, at home, he's got an ERA of 4.99 and on the road, he's got an ERA of 3.4. So hopefully that shows up on Sunday because the Reds are going to need that because the Reds are one in seven. And in fact, if you combine the three of these pitchers, which again, Reds haven't been that good this year, but when these three pitchers are on the mound, the Reds combined record 14 and 21. It's not saying a lot. That's a little bit more circumstantial, but they're going to need six innings or less because guess what, Steve? If you look at fan graphs, this Hmm. bullpen, 15 bullpen pitchers for the Reds this year have a wins above replacement of zero or less, you know, less than zero. That's negative. My war is zero as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yes. 15. Relief pitchers for the Reds have the same war as you, me, and those of you listening at home. Uh, in fact, there's only, uh, there's only, there's not that many. I think it's like seven who have a positive war. You've got Alexis Diaz who's leading everybody, but also Rivar San Martin as a relief pitcher. Get this, Steve, as a relief pitcher, ERA of 1.3. Listen, he's been a lot better out of the bullpen. I think it did him
2: some good being sent down and being able to work on some things without the bright lights of the major leagues shining upon him without having to face true major league hitters to, to give him an opportunity to right the ship a little bit. He's found a groove right now. Now, is he fixed forever? I don't know. Sample size is too small but right. I, I want to see more of him. I want to see them continue to go to him in higher and higher and higher leverage situations. I want to see how the second half plays out because if he continues to handle it like he has been, there's another guy that you can look at for 2023, 2024 in this bullpen that is a solid, useful, intimidating arm that the opposing hitters will worry about when they see that gate swing open out there in the bullpen and they see him coming in. We don't have very much of that right now. So I, I'm, really, I'm really hopeful that this trend with him continues as we move through the second half of this baseball season.
0: No, I, I would put Rivar San Martin in the possibly trusting category. Alexis Diaz is in the trusting category. Mm, I don't agree. That's the list. Oh, I, I don't
2: you know agree. I want I, to tell you what, again, okay. he has shown us flashes of being the guy. He has shown us that he has the potential to be the guy, but he's also had a few meltdowns along the way. And while on this staff in this bullpen, Yeah, he's, I mean, that's it. But I mean, we're talking, I'm seriously, we're comparing him with 15 dudes that haven't performed as well as me or you. So uh, right now, yeah, he is the man. But just like I I just said about Sam Martin, the second half is going to be very, very telling for Diaz. Because like I mentioned last week on the show, Jeff, I want them putting him in the highest leverage situations possible because I want to know. I want to know if he can be the guy that we lean on moving forward next season and beyond that when things get really nasty, whether it's the sixth, seventh, seventh, eighth, ninth extras, whenever it is that David bell can call on him and he's going to come put that fire out. That's what I want for Diaz. And in order for that to happen, he has to continue to deliver this year. I'm not ready to, I'm not ready to pass out prizes, Jeff. They, they need to show me, uh, as our good friend, Bill lack used to say all the time back in the day, uh, I'm going to pretend I'm from Missouri and you need to show me.
0: So yeah. that's just the way it is. No. And, and you know, I, I, I agree. I mean, Alexis Diaz is basically the the shiny spot on the just really dirty, just smelly, whatever we can call this bullpen right now, because, oh, my gosh, there's just so much that's wrong with this bullpen. But if the starters don't pitch at least six innings, the Reds are not going to beat the Cardinals in any one of these games. So that's what we're looking for. That, that's that's absolutely correct. It could get
2: ugly really fast. But listen, as we look forward to the second half, Jeff, and we look at some of the trade possibilities and we get excited about that, and we even have been starting to take a peek towards 2024, it's also worth looking back at some of, we'll call them our more interesting takes along the way that we've made about the Reds over the last few years. Uh, but listen, if you want to avoid, let's say, making some of those same s- interesting slash Suspect bets. You can head over to betonline.net right now because BetOnline has up updated information on Red's win totals, like their over/under, which now sits at 66.5. Uh, take the under, folks. Don't just take the under uh, with their current win total at 34. Uh, and if they keep up their current performance, they might get to 64. But I'm telling you, take the under because this does not factor in the upcoming trades. but online.net is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports information. Find all of the latest sports developments, the news and the odds, including this current major league baseball season. They've got NFL futures. Make sure you put some money down on the Cincinnati Bengals to win the AFC North. Who day? Because they are gonna. Uh, they've got those futures. They've got combat sports. We're gonna call them combat sports like the UFC and boxing. They've got stuff for everybody. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and so much more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all of the trends and all of the action. BetOnline.net.
0: It's where the game starts.
2: also want to take a second and talk to you about built bar built bar comes to you from the people that invented healthy and tasty food and they're bringing you their latest gift to your taste buds it's probably one of their most amazing products out there the coconut brownie chunk built bar and guess what uh, your friends at built bar have given you a second option as far as the coconut brownie chunk goes and that is the puffs and listen I can't tell you I had to listen to Jeff Carr talk about these puffs for a long extended period of time before we click the record button he cannot help himself I think he probably has eaten all of the puffs he has in his house right now and is looking for more they are that good that's right coconut brownie chunk built bar flavor you love is in a puff that's a marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate how could it go Wrong. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. Now, stop drooling and listen. Head over to builtbar.com right now to order your low calorie, low sugar, high protein, delicious treat. The coconut brownie puffs are here for a limited time. So get over there right now, built.com, and make sure that you don't miss out because they're going very, very fast and your taste buds are going to find them amazing. Uh, all of the built bars are made with collagen protein which your body absorbs more efficiently, provide you tons of health benefits. You can eat something that actually tastes good but is good for you. So if you go to built.com right now and use the promo code locked15, you're going to get 15% off of your next order. Again, that promo code is locked15 to get all of the built bar goodness delivered straight to you. Built Dot com, promo code LOCKED15 from your friends here at Locked on Reds. Make sure you are following us on Twitter. You can follow me at S. Offenbaker. That's with two Fs spelled correctly. You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr. That's Jeff with three Fs not spelled correctly because spelling is hard for him. You can also follow the show at Locked on Reds. There is no Fs in Locked on Reds. Also, make sure you head over to our YouTube channel if you're not already and click that subscribe button. Lots of great stuff coming. I got some minor league interviews in the pipeline. You're definitely not going to want to miss if you're an audio only listener. Get over there. Click subscribe. All right, Jeff, we got to talk about it. We always talk uh, of our hot takes and and toot our own horns when we get one right. There have been some we haven't got right. Uh, Namely, every bet you've ever made (laughs)
0: and wait a minute now I picked um (laughs) as far
2: as takes and I'm also pretty sure that you had already ordered a hall of fame jacket that had Brandon Larson's name on it (laughs)
0: yeah I really I mean I'm not alone in that there were quite a few people that really thought Brandon Larson was going to be something and I think he compiled a career OPS plus of 50 but cool. Yeah, that, you know, that wasn't good either, but there were a couple of guys. I mean, okay. So yeah, Brandon Larson, I think a lot of fans remember him and a lot of fans like to compare him to every prospect that becomes a bust as they read. but do you remember Ryan Wagner? <laughs> we were very excited about Ryan Wagner. Uh, what are you talking about? He was going to be the next big closer, right? Like he was the next dude to save every single game. And then of course, my favorite, one of my favorites, still like thinking about on like missed prospects, guys that especially like looking back at 2013, this dude was the next Johnny Cueto. This dude was awesome. Daniel Corsino, absolutely murdered double A didn't do a whole lot in the majors though. Like he came up and they didn't give him very much of a run. Cause I think they knew what I didn't know when that's that he wasn't going to be very good. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, you're not alone.
2: Um, Reaching farther back, way back in the day, I remember being excited when the reds signed Steve Avery for those that were around for that. so um, <laughs> yeah. you know, those were not good times uh, and most and, and most recently, listen, I'll own my bad takes just as much as I gloat when I'm right, which is more often than you. but I am wrong on occasion and you can't you don't have to go very far to find me being wrong about uh, the shortstop situation with the Reds and not only. Has Kyle Farmer proved to be a pretty good defensive shortstop, which I was wrong about. Sorry, Kyle. Also, I thought Eugenio Suarez could still play shortstop. So I struck out twice on the same swing, which, you know, that is a feat all by itself because Eugenio Suarez was awful at shortstop oh, and Kyle Farmer, so bad. not so much. So I- there is an example of Steve's bad takes.
0: <laughs> Not gonna lie, I joined you in the Suarez for shortstop campaign, and and wow, were we wrong? That was that mm. was some of the worst defense I had ever seen because it was not even like he didn't have range to get the stuff. It was when he got there, he didn't know what to do with it. Like it just, he was like, yes, "I got a glove." Was, it was, I don't it know was what very, that very,
2: very, very bad. Oh,
0: that <laughs> very, was so bad. bad. I mean, mean, talk about like misperceptions on guys in the major leagues. Like I go back to Michael Tucker. I really thought Michael Tucker was like a leadoff hitter. Like I thought that he should have been the dude at the top of the lineup back in 99 and 2000. And he wasn't that good. He had like an OPS of like 90 on a team that had a lot of dudes that were hitting the ball. Hitting like, I mean, 99, you saw four guys who had wins above replacement of four or more based on where you look, like baseball reference. I mean, Sean Casey, uh Mike Cameron, Dem- uh uh Greg Vaughn and Oh, and Barry all had wins above replacement of over four. And I'm like, yeah, but Michael Tucker should be hitting leadoff uh, yes. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know and, that, and
2: how but- is your belief? And how is your belief that uh, our friend Mr. Trotter was going to win a Gold Glove not on this list, Jeff? How how is how is your pick of him <laughs> as the the new third baseman of the future not on this list?
0: Ugh, yeah, Ugh. him and then oh gosh, yeah, I mean you you throw a you if if you built out a list of bullpen arms during the two thousands. There were a lot of guys that I really liked. And Mm. I think it was just maybe me trying to be as optimistic as possible. But looking back, one of the worst trades in the history of the Reds franchise was made with the Washington Nationals. Whenever they sent Austin Kearns and Felipe Lopez for a bunch of dudes that didn't know how to find any kind of baseball bat in the dugout, even if it was right in front of them or their glove or a ball for that matter, because we're talking about Gary Majeski. And I'm pretty sure nobody wanted to hear that name today, but here it is. Gary Majeski. I thought that dude was going to make that trade worth it. He had an eight and a half ERA in 32 appearances one year. I think it was 2006, 2007. He had 30, they gave this man 32 appearances and he couldn't get his ERA down below eight. That uh, just looking back on those numbers, that just ooh, my mind just explodes. Like, how did how do people do that? How, how does a team let a dude pitch that many times?
2: Well, you know, <laughs> we should ask Nick crawl because he's done it as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's there's quite a few dudes on this team, too. And yeah, I just I don't know. Like, it's it's fun to think about because there was, um, I think it was a tweet thread that was going around of like, you know, name a bad take that you had or something like that. And Daniel Corsino is one of the first things that I always think of. I also think of Eddie Guardado. I really thought Eddie Guardado should have like been given the keys to the city and been the closer. And I look back, I'm like, yeah, I, am sure he had like 30, probably 35 saves in that year. He had eight saves, Oof. Steve, eight. Oof. What
2: Him I- and Heath Embry. Mm. Mm.
0: And they they get together and they can form the, the, the bullpen that the Reds wish they had. Uh, <laughs> Let's just, wrap it up right there. <laughs> yes, we're, oh these bad takes are making me spiral. I tell you what, thank you so much for watching, for listening to the Lockdown Reds podcast here today. It's glad to be back. Uh, we should be back Monday and Tuesday, next Wednesday. Believe it or not, Steve, I know that you ha- have been around for this season with me. Locked on Reds hits its 1000th episode next week. That is absolutely phenomenal. Looking forward to it. We're going to have on James Rapine, former host. He got the thing started way back when. And we're going to talk about the Reds and the Bengals. That's going to be a lot of fun next week. We're going to be looking at this team as the trade deadline goes along. Lots of stuff is coming for you. Make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast right here on YouTube and on your favorite podcast apps. Also, make sure you go check out Locked On MLB Prospects as Lindsey Crosby gives you a daily look at everything of the stars of tomorrow. Plus, he's got all of the MLB draft reaction that you can handle. That's Locked On MLB Prospects, just like Locked On Reds, free and available on all platforms. <sighs> Steve, it's good to be back. It is. Great what can people to be back. expect from us? They can expect that we are going to
2: be locked on reds for at least a thousand more episodes right there in your podcasting feeds. We'll see you next week.
0: Hey, prime members. You can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on Amazon music. Download the Amazon music app today.